Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. We are recording this during our open enrollment for the Self Healer Circle, which is our online, virtual, private, and global membership, a healing membership away from social media. And we open enrollment three times a year. One of those weeks is right now. And so if you're listening to this in real time, the first week of May, we are open. If you would still like to join, you can do so at selfhealerscircle.com. And this is relevant for our soundboard episode because we've been noticing such a pattern of new members who are coming in from members. Literally, we've welcomed 4,000 in the last couple of days so far, and they're coming in all around the world all with very similar things that they're dealing with. And a very common thread that keeps coming up consistently over the last few days is divorce, big change, shifting in family systems, maybe a new job or a loss of a job. So a lot of big change and a lot of big transition and new paths, some of which were intended and some of which came as a surprise in the life of many members. So it felt really important to devote a shorter episode just to acknowledging and validating the power of change and really the celebration of change and accepting what is. I love the ending of what you're saying here in particular um, with this kind of suggestion to acknowledge change. Um, We're bringing up this conversation in the context of Uh, Many new members, I'm imagining these major life changes probably inspired their enrollment in the self-healer circle, our community. Though I think the reality of it is for a lot of us, myself included, we change in a lot of ways, um, small ways throughout, you know, our days, our months, our years, and in large ways. And before we can even get to the place of celebrating it, it's so very important for us to even acknowledge the change that is happening Um, when they aren't those really life-shifting events like unexpected moments of relationships ending or unexpected moments of loss, um, physically losing people in our life. A lot of change happens really gradually below the surface, so much so that we don't even realize that, oh my gosh, we look back and life looks different um, than it did six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago. So to speak to your beautiful point, before many of us can even acknowledge, wow, look at this change that has happened, we have to get in the regular habit of noticing, noticing those shifts that we're making in our lives. I love that because so much of the immediate change that a lot of members and any of you listening are dealing with, and shout out to those members who are coming in and maybe that was the catalyst that brought you to the circle and had you share. And in noticing the powerful declaration of, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm going through an unexpected divorce or my child is leaving a home. Whatever the big change is, while it might hit someone in the face of awareness for the very first time, it's very likely that there have been small micro changes leading up to this big change that now probably has a change in external environment or a change or shift in relationship that has you really pause and notice what has been happening under the surface this whole time. So it isn't like that change just suddenly abruptly happens, especially when we're talking about relationship. It is a lot of this buried small micro changes, the world, every moment, ourselves, our relationships are constantly changing every moment. When we don't tune in or become aware for long periods of time, then when we do choose to tune in and become aware, which is what I'm seeing happen with a lot of these new members, it's a lot of really 
big new awareness all at once. And in real time, you're noticing a lot of change that can feel very abrupt and likely has been here slowly creeping all along. I think one of the most difficult and complicated aspects um, of our human experience is exactly what you're describing here, Jenna, which is at our core, right? This essence, this authentic self, this energy, this soul, the spirit, however it is that each of you listening choose to language it. Our center, I'm just going to simplify it to that word right now, is is change. Um, it is actually not static or stationary or, you know, kind of one identity. We are an evolving, in a sense, creature, an evolving state of energy. Yet, because psychologically and emotionally and, you know, based on our evolutionary values, which are to keep ourselves alive, so to be able to anticipate often means, you know, categorizing events, making sense of it. And to do so really quickly, we lose sight of our evolving nature. We set ourselves or we throw ourselves into, you know, groups or categories or identities or labels. And, you know, we do seek to define for a control-based purpose um, who we are in a much more static way with this idea that we are this identity, an identity that never shifts or changes throughout life. Though the reality, again, of our being is actually quite the opposite of that is we are always changing. We are always in interaction with the environments around us. And even more so, we are always in participation with creating our future environments and circumstances. And it is possible to find safety and resonance in that, that we are always evolving and changing. And when we can connect to that core, this source, the creator, universe, God, whatever your word is for you, for me, it's it's a being. It is a source and a creation within me that has been a driving force my entire life. When I allow that to pave the way and connect with that, then I do emerge and really dance with the universe in a flow. Things start to work out. They start to happen how I want them to happen. And that's one of the biggest things too, that the new members coming in and members who have been there, why are you in the self-healer circle? I want to connect to my authentic self. I want help finding my core. I want to come to my center. That's what I continue to read and hear in so many ways from thousands of very different diverse people from around the world is I want my center. And the beautiful thing is that your center is here. Your core, your source has been here with you all along. And to begin to connect with that, we first have to become aware of all of the things that aren't us, all of the things that we have thought are our identity or that we have even declared are our identity. And when you start to learn those habits, those patterns, those behaviors, all of these layers that make up the outward expression of who we are, then you can begin to create that separation between yourself and then the outward expression of you in the world that really is a compilation of habits and patterns and conditioning from your earliest childhood. Becoming aware of all of that is the first step in the circle, the first step in healing. It's just creating that awareness so that you can see what isn't you in order to connect back to what is you. And really, for many of us, discovering what is us for the very first time. And it really is a, a process of of discovery, of curiosity, of maybe even having that moment where you don't know why you're doing that habitual thing that you do, thinking those thoughts or saying maybe you're professing some belief that you have 
you might not even know exactly where that comes from or if you even think that or if you're just saying or, you know, acting on a belief that, again, was formed in an earlier environment. So for a lot of us, to speak to your point of kind of peeling back these layers of the onion, like I like to call it, we have to pause in those moments and maybe get curious. Well, why is it that this is the first thing I do every morning? Why is it that this is what meal times look like for me? Why is it that I'm professing, you know, this thought in the world? Is this really what I think or am I just parroting what someone else has told me to think in this instance? And so in those moments, you might not yet know exactly why it is that you're doing it, but that pause for that curiosity where you have the moment now to decide and maybe you need many moments to begin to explore why is it that your behavioral habits or your habitual, you know, things that you typically do day in and day out look the way that they do. They might not actually fit on to your particular individual needs. They might be a remnant from your early environments, from what you were taught by parents that you might not even have a relationship with. So really hitting pause to explore, you know, do I really think this? Do I really feel this way? Is this really what I'm wanting or I'm needing? Or do I need a bit more time to explore for myself what it is that might work in this particular circumstance, as opposed to relying on those older habits that we will do outside of our awareness unless we become a really conscious participant in first getting curious. That pause is so important and something to remind yourself often is possible. A lot of times we hear people and members every day saying, you know, in the heightened emotional reactivity, that pause is right out the window. Mm. What do you mean I'm going to pause? I can't pause. I'm so deep in this habitual reaction and this habitual reactivity. And that pause, if you have gotten to the pause, then you've also gotten to this massive first step, which is simply becoming aware of it. Even before that inquiry and that space of pause to begin to get curious and wonder why, where does that come from? Is that me? Is that something I've learned? That curiosity is golden. And to get there, you first have to even just notice, notice the pattern. Maybe you don't have all of the answers for it. You won't have all of the answers for it very likely in the beginning. Though the simple noticing of it now takes this behavior as this invisible habitual force and it gives it language. It pulls it out here in the world where I can start to now witness myself and witness that there's still a self over here that is the one witnessing the self. So the thing that I'm witnessing actually isn't me because it's me as the witnesser. I'm witnessing my habits and my behaviors, my reactions. I'm witnessing all of the things that I have learned that are not me, but that I have associated and declared as me because I have yet to create that separation. So that's that first step that everyone is beginning on when they ask or say, I want to come back to my center. I want to get back in touch with me or I want to come home to me and I want to discover myself. The grandest way to discover yourself and to set yourself up is to first discover what it is that you are not and create that separation to allow the pause. I think I'm, I'm so struck. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm having these moments um, where very early on in my relationship with Lolly, she would ask me seemingly out of nowhere. We were listening to something or she was sharing on a topic or a topic was a point of conversation and she's very casually would very frequently look over and say, what do you think? 
about whatever it is that we were saying or doing or thinking about or musing on together. And that seems so simple, right? And so small. But for me, I'm so struck by it and was so struck by it so many years ago when she first started doing it because I never really had been asked. And I know I never asked myself. Um, I oftentimes spent so much more time listening to what other people thought and, you know, giving my middle of the road, didn't want to upset people with, you know, really telling them or not even pausing like we're discussing here to even dive into what it is that I really thought on certain particular topics or really about much of anything because I was so habitual. So that moment, right, this was someone else now outside asking me became for me a foundational pause point, a practice where I get now the opportunity to frequently throughout my day, hit that moment of pause and say, well, Nicole, what do you think about what's happening? What are you feeling about what's going on? What would you need or like to have happen next? And it was that small moment again, offered from someone outside of myself, which seems so simplistic. And had I went right back into my autopilot and never asked myself then, frequently over time to become curious, to explore those questions for myself, I'd still be living in that autopilot where I outservice, where I just tell people what I think they want me to think or believe or feel, you know, in concern that my true authentic thoughts, feelings, and perspectives might affect them. But that's the importance of, right, I became aware that I wasn't asking myself these questions, and then I had to implement those moments of pause before I even could give an answer to anyone else. <laughs> I was giggling when you first started sharing that because just yesterday when we were looking at the covers for this new book that is coming out, How to Be the Love You Have you said it yet? Have yes, you announced it? Yes. Okay. How to Be the Love You Seek um, is Nicole's newest book coming out this fall. And we have been designing the cover for it. And we've gone through a lot of iterations for the cover. And I particularly love design and artistry. And I know Nicole also loves artistry. She's a, a beautiful artist when we sit down and paint and draw. And when we look at the covers, I know that because you default to me and Dotto, our agent in designing them, often Nicole will say, well, what do you think? And I'll have to answer first before I'm like kind of pulling teeth to hear what you say before my opinion comes in. And I know that it's because you trust like our eye and guidance for design. So I value that. But I also notice that too, where I'm, I'm so curious often to, to know what you're thinking. How many times a day do I ask you when you're silent too, what are you thinking, Nicole? I'm always curious to hear your perspective before giving my own or having anyone else's enter and impact that perspective. I really appreciate that, Jen. And I think this actually brings up um, kind of a, an important distinction here, right? Because Ultimately, as we get to know ourselves, right, this is more or less what part of this conversation um, is about, right? We're changing, we're this evolving being, we have to really get into contact with who we are um, before we can present ourselves to the world. So as we get more and more clear on the uniqueness that is each of us, I mean, some of us might, you know, come to the awareness that certain things aren't of interest to them, like cover designs, for instance, to use this example, or aren't there strong, you know, they're, they're not their kind of zone of genius. And they do have people, you know, in their corner on their team who they just shine in that area. Cause that's, we've had conversations, I think on this podcast about interdependence and really just allowing each of us to be the unique little, you know, bright lights that we are acknowledging that I will have some strengths and talents that not everyone around me will have and vice versa. Other people will offer things that I don't have myself. So I think it's a distinction and nuance, you know, for us to live into, which are what are those moments where we're outsourcing 
because we don't really want to share what it is that we really think, or we're not comfortable to do so, or when we're asking for support um, based on someone else's true zone of genius. And I think in those examples, it's probably for me a little bit of both. Um, there is the legitimate reality that in terms of cover designs, I mean, while I do love to look at beautiful, beautiful covers, I don't feel like that's, you know, my strong suit, my zone of genius. I like art presented to me as opposed to generating it from within. So for me, it's, it's a little bit of both that habitual tendency to just defer and hear what other people think before I maybe share my own, though also a little bit of this space that again, I do think is a byproduct of the more attuned and centered we are and grounded in ourselves we do then open ourselves up for really supportive relationships with sometimes other people who have skills that are so far out of our wheelhouse that we will actually be looking to them openly, um, wholeheartedly wanting their input in particular moments. And of course, this is each of our individual journeys is to carve out the space again for that exploration in terms of what is something that is important to me and that I do want to speak on or share my perspective or, you know, live into. And what are these other areas where, you know what, it's just, it's not me and it's not a point of interest and that's okay too. Those are all such valuable things to know about yourself. This is something I like. This isn't something I like. It's again, exploring and discovering your purpose and your passions. The how-to to do that is to do. It is in action. It is to explore. It's to discover. It's to try on. It's to make new choices that then are followed with new action. And this episode is kind of naturally gone down this path of connecting back to self and finding that relationship and that center, because in the face of big change, before we can even get to the celebration of change, we do have to have that connection and have that relationship and acceptance of our self and our current situation and reality first, because you can't be in awareness and create that separation and apply all this language without being present. It Eventually, it might happen in autopilot, and you can just autopilot being aware that could be down the journey of healing, though our first autopilot responses are to dissociate, to be out of the present moment, to be detached from our body and just up here in this cycle of thoughts. So pulling us back into the present moment of change and the present moment in general, because that's literally all we have is here in this moment and accepting what is. We can't unhappen the past. As much as many of us might like to go back and change something or shift something or say or not say or do or not do something, that's already done. However, for the majority of people who are not living aware, the what's already done that we never want to happen again just so happens to be happening again and again and again every day because instead of living in the present moment of awareness, we are living in this thought cycle of the past, which is sending that same messages to our body and having our body and our nervous system also living in that state in the past. So when facing great change or this relationship with yourself or really anything here, when you want to move forward and build your first step is to begin getting comfortable with accepting what is, which at first might not be comfortable because 
it's new. You don't want to accept what is. You want things to be how you want them to be. But then you're powerless and you're rendering yourself completely powerless for the long haul instead of getting real traction about, okay, these are the facts. This is the situation that's happening right now. This change just happened. This relationship just happened. This is my connection level or disconnection level with myself. Here are all of the facts of where I am right now. I am accepting everything as it is right now. That is my space to then begin building something new in the future or building towards celebrating all of the change that has happened or reframing that big divorce that came in is heartbreaking and painful. Yet, yet when we zoom out and can reframe with that grief and with that very real heartache of that change and loss or shift of relationship is an immense amount of celebration because a shift happened that is in service of yourself and the other person, even if it doesn't look like something to celebrate in the very beginning, which I do have a lot of compassion for when members are coming in, sharing their heartbreak and you know, divorce is one that just consistently is coming up because I'm seeing dozens and dozens of relationships shifting and changing and divorce is happening and it's painful. It's also liberating because if a relationship no longer serves the best interest and wellness of you and the other person, then any change that is happening is for a reason. The sooner that we accept it and are able to learn from it, the closer we are to really living in that harmony and that connection to ourselves, which is really a connection to the same source, creator, universe, whatever you want to call it, that life-giving power that is, that's our being. That is change itself. That is just such a a beautiful statement that I want to highlight again. Um, That is our being. We are change itself. And, you know, bringing this conversation beautifully full circle, we are that energetic essence inside each of us. And we're, you know, trying to live in these, in these categories, in these, you know, kind of false ways of identifying ourselves to gain a sense of control. And in reality, when we do make that daily commitment, it's in each of those small moments to refocus our attention back. We become truly present to our ever-changing energetic nature. We become present to those, right, moments of contraction, of pain, of suffering, and we become equally then present to those moments of expansion, of creation, and of joy. And to speak to a point you often beautifully teach, Jenna, it's without, you know, kind of the one, the opposite, um, as the Tao teaches us, that we don't have ever the opportunity. And when we're distracted, when we're disconnected, it's not that change isn't happening, it's that we are keeping ourselves separate from our inner essence. That inner essence is always there. It's available for each of our members, from all for all of you listening to begin to make that daily commitment to rebuild yourself back in connection with that inner being. And once you're there, um, then you could truly begin to embrace right the energetic flow of life. And looking forward to continuing this conversation with you on next episode.